Thanks, Oliver. Your headlines at the hour. Well, the first forensic officer to arrive at the scene where Senzo Miyua was shot says he did not test the person removed and drove Miyua to hospital for possible intoxication. This comes after empty cans of alcohol were found at the scene. Advocacy group Defend Our Democracy says if the Gupta brothers are to be extradited to South Africa to face charges, it would be an important victory for many citizens who have been calling for justice and accountability. Rajesh and Atul Gupta have been arrested in Dubai. And Namibian President Hage Gengab has broken his silence following media reports that South African President Cyril Ramaphosa allegedly concealed a crime of theft, money laundering and bribery at his Balabala game farm in Limpopo involving Namibians. I will have these and other stories at the top of the hour. Oliver, it's back to you. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Oliver Dixon on SAFM. It is exactly half past 11 this morning and we're going into the final segment of the show. We're going to be talking to an extraordinary South African environmentalist who made it onto a very prestigious list, the Forbes Africa 30 Under 30 list. And this is a list that identifies 30 Africans who are due to do extraordinary things, who are touted to do extraordinary things. But our guest today, uh, Himkar Singh, focused specifically to solve the problem of organic waste that is caused by landfills and con- and, and obviously then as consequently contaminating groundwater. Uh, by showing communities that waste has value to develop vermicost, uh, vermipost, he has in the past two years um, done so and has been recognized by the United Nations for their, for their sustainability best practices. That, too, is prestigious in and of itself. As the globe celebrates World Environmental Day, he was announced as part of the prestigious Forbes 30 Under 30 list. Compost is good business. Waste is good business. I think they're being called wastepreneurs these days. But is it sustainable business, and is it necessary business? Himka joins us uh, on Zoom this morning. Himka, good morning and congratulations for uh, making it onto the Forbes 30 Under 30 list. Really, really prestigious. Good morning, SAFM. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, really. I really appreciate the well wishes. Yeah. Let, let, let's start with uh, what vermipost, vermi, vermipost is. Am I saying that correct? Vermicompost, it's a, it's a certain type of compost that's made by the feces of an earthworm. So uh, earthworms eat organic waste and then their feces or their poo is this really high quality compost because it's rich in the bacteria that only exists in the gut of that earthworm. So we collect the feces and then we, we, we use that as the compost. Ah, okay. And, and, and what value does this compost have? Because what, what, what is it used for? It's used to enrich soil or to build back soil structure because often we think only the soil only needs nutrients but there's a lot more that soil needs and uh, that's all contained in vermicompost so our objective is to try and heal soil or to uh, improve soil's um, quality and that in turn has effects on the health of plants so we find that we don't need to use as much pesticides or other kinds of fertilizers if we if we just get the soil balanced again and balance means something like how it would exist in the natural forest. 
Yeah. Uh, let's talk to us. Talk to me then about how the United Nations identified this as a best practice. What What was the attraction? Well, the United Nations looked globally for solutions that were tackling or were working towards the SDGs. And we stood out because we are a profit business, whereas most uh, other organizations are non-profits or government entities. So we were, we are particularly interested because we're showing a sustainable or self-sustaining model. And if we can get more models like that, um, where people are earning their income, taking care of their families and creating jobs, but also creating impact on the way, then uh, we can make faster impact towards the SDGs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously then it's solving a particular problem, right? And that is to reduce the use of pesticides, to be able to rehabilitate soil um, and to be able to uh, assist with plant growth um, and I'm assuming here crop growth as well. Uh, but it, it also there needs to make financial sense for those who make use of this product. Is it cheaper than using pesticides? Is it cheaper than using alternatives or not using it at all? What is that comparative there? Well, the service that we offer is actually mainly a collection service. So we collect food waste from households and then we uh, recycle it into the vermicompost and then we give the vermicompost to customers for free at the end of the month. And for that, uh, customers pay a monthly subscription fee of about 200 rand a month. So they're actually paying to, to, for that service. And um, that's because they've, the main thing that they're looking for is to divert their food waste from the landfill. The vermicompost is just an added benefit of, of doing this kind of uh, service. But yes, uh, long term, we do, we do see soils being built so people can use less and less of, of compost and then eventually they realize the benefit and they start making their own compost yeah. and uh, then their soil becomes self-sustaining. So there's, yes, there's many benefits from, from doing something like this. So your primary business is an organic waste collection service? That's correct, yes. We have many solutions of how to do composting. The main one is a collection business and then the second main one is a technology that we have it's a small appliance that you keep in your kitchen and you put your food waste in every day and then you just press the button and then in five hours it stabilizes the food waste and then you put that into the soil as compost oh i think i may have seen one of those is it like one of those very mark household products that you have next to your sink when you dump your food and wash your dishes that's sort of where you dump it into and it it forms that compost for you is it a similar um, product this one is, uh, I think, a bit more advanced. It's quite new. Uh, it's the first in South Africa, and we've only bring it to the, to the country this year. So um, pe- there's only 200 people who are going to be receiving theirs ne- next week. They're the first 200. Um, but yes, that's what it does. It is uh, very convenient. It does no mess, no smell, and um, people love it. Uh, that, let's talk about that product a little bit. What, what does it cost? Because I think I might want to get one. One like that is 4,700 Rand, and it includes um, the activator, which comes with it, includes spare filters, and in- includes delivery. Ah, okay. Give us a call. 011-714-2006. 011-714-2006, if you'd like to participate in the conversation. Perhaps have a question for him, Kossing, who's the Chief Executive Officer of the Compost Kitchen. We can send us a WhatsApp voice note on 614 
1-800-227-107. Let's talk about the business of waste for a minute. It's not a very attractive business, but everybody who goes into it seems to be uh, reaping quite uh, you know, abundant results out of it. Um, what inspired you in particular, Himka, to enter the business of waste? Well, in 2017, there was quite a bad drought. We may remember in Cape Town, we were talking about day zero. Yeah. And at that time, I felt like we weren't solving that problem, even though we knew about it for a long time. So I left the country to study a master's degree in water management in Germany. And then I lived in Germany for five months. And then I moved to Vietnam for five months and then Jordan for five months to try and find a holistic, holistic or get a holistic understanding of what the solution could be. Yeah. And then the solution that I realized is that we need to repair our soil because it's the most important component of the water cycle. But we need to repair it by putting organic matter back in the soil because the organic matter is what makes the soil act like a sponge. So I've, I tried to figure out how am I going to do this in South Africa and I looked globally for solutions and most of them are compost solutions. It's the easiest way to get organic matter back in the soil. But there's different models that I examined. Some were non-profit models, some were community-based uh, projects. But none of those, I could find any cases where they scale beyond their local borders. I could only find cases of business models that scaled. So that's why I decided to start a business model in South Africa. Yeah. And then I had to figure out the mechanics along the way. Yeah. And much of the science, is it brand new science? Is it science you had to develop yourself or is it existing science? It's quite old science. It's just that the the real knowledge is contained in research publications and reports. I found that most blogs, uh, they're a bit uh, inaccurate in, in terms of if you really want to know what's going on in composting. And so once you get that knowledge, then it becomes quite easy and then you can develop it quite quite well. Yeah. And I mean, with the, with the compost uh, uh, processor that you've designed uh, and are now manufacturing, um, is that science and technology also existing science and te- technology or um, are some of it propriety that you have patents on or w- talk to me about that? There is one aspect that we're trying to get patented. That's the um, a certain component of the machine to make it work. But otherwise, the, the, the hardware is already patented by our partner in a foreign country. And so they hold that. And so we're just collaborating with them to use that technology. We intend to create different kind of designs, uh, which we do intend to patent, but uh, we're still working on those. Yeah. Give us a call. 011-714-2006. I, I, I want you to talk to me a little bit about the entrepreneurial journey. So when, you, when you've identified the problem, you've identified the solution and you got into it, right? It sounds like you're in a capital intensive industry. Um, sounds like the type of business that if you were to approach investors, uh, they'd have a million and one questions and still be skeptical at the end of it. How did you get the business up and going? When I came home from overseas uh, after studying, I didn't have any money. And I had determined that it would take longer for me to get funding than to get customers. So I just I started doing collections. I just built a quick uh, compost operation in my house. And then I started doing collections using an e-bike or a bicycle. So I would go house to house and collect the food waste and then recycle into the compost. And that way I started getting a revenue quite early on. 
And then I started um, building on the re- using the revenue to build the business. So we've only up to now, we've only used revenue. We haven't had any funding. And um, it's just because people people really appreciate the service because they've been looking for it for a long time. Yeah. What's the so, uptake uh, been? You know, uptake has been quite good. Uh, the first year was quite slow because we didn't have any money for marketing. but So it was mainly word of mouth. And then the second year, we won the United Nations Award, and then we got quite a big increase in following. And then um, COVID hit quite hard. And actually, that gave us positive uh, feedback because our business is quite a positive business. It gives a lot of uh, positivity. And it was a very negative time, so it attracted people to to find some inspiration. So we, we doubled or even tripled uh, growth between pre-COVID and post-COVID. And, and, and when you talk about doubling growth, is that growth in revenue? Is it growth in customer acquisition? Um, what, what's that growth? What's been attrib- what do you attribute to that growth? Uh, that growth was customer acquisition for our recycling service. And in terms of revenue, we've grown about 500% per year in, the, in three years. Oh, wow. 500% per year. That's an incredible business. How do I invest? <laughs> Listen, uh, <laughs> what, 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 how, many, how, how many tons of, of, of organic waste do you guys process per month? We process, uh, we do about four tons per week. And uh, typically it's four collections in a month. So we do about 16 tons of uh, food waste. And um, yeah, it's, it's quite a lot of waste that's, uh, that's not going to landfill. Yeah. And, and when we speak food waste, we speak here about actual food waste, not food that's still good that could be had by someone else that's now somehow in a waste bin. How do you, how do you sort that? Yeah, that's right. It would be, the customers would only give us food waste that they're convinced they don't want to eat again. You know, it could have spoiled in the, fruit, in the, in the fridge or it could have um, rotted while sitting out in a fruit bowl. Yeah. So... Um, they give us that, and then that's all composted, it's, and it's not uh, it's not, it's not edible uh, once once they've thrown it away. Okay, uh, give us a call o double one seven one four two thousand and six. The business of waste is in, is fascinating to me. Do you have a question or a comment uh, for him, Car, on this particular conversation? Let's have a listen to some of your voice notes. Wow, thank you for this conversation. I think it's such an eye opener. But besides being an eye opener, it's an affirmer. Because in my community here in Cape Town, Langa, we've actually been trying to see how we could develop a meaningful waste uh, collection process. We were hoping, because we run a number of gardens, that we could actually start to supply local gardens um, with such, um, but also to run the service to ensure that um, the landfills don't end up with this waste. So I think it's such a brilliant thing that it's coming from more from a more official place. And if they're in Cape Town, it would be great to follow up with them. So thanks a lot for that. Thank you so much for that voice note. Really, really do appreciate it. Um, are there sort of any strategic partnerships that you've had to form uh, to make a, a part of this successful? Um, we have made strategic partnerships with other businesses in the industry because it's very difficult when you start by yourself. You, you can't do everything. So it's better to partner with everybody. And, um, but that's been it. We've only, we've only just uh, been focusing on building a business, you know, based on the, the, the revenue of the customers. Um, 
and I think I think that's a good model. I think many people try to start by doing the hardest parts by themselves, but uh, rather start at what you're good at and uh, what you can access at the time, and then partner with others to do the rest. Yeah. Uh, and and when you when you talk about the customers that you sort of have, you spoke about households being the first uh, that you got on board, and you used your bike and you went around um, and and you started collecting uh, waste from 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 people who signed up for your business. It seems to be a subscription based business. Uh, have other organizations signed up? So do you have businesses as clients, for instance, uh, that organ that for instance need large like large large amounts of uh, waste collected and processed restaurants come to mind hotels come to mind hospitals schools are, are those the sort of clientele that you've been able to attract yet they do contact us their restaurants hotels schools they have uh, definitely contacted us however the amount of waste tends to be huge so and we don't have the capacity to handle it yet so that's why we've only focused on households um, but and there's also other businesses who offer that service for businesses, uh, you know, B two B compost businesses. So we didn't want to enter there yet uh, when we're not ready. Yeah. Um, but this, it is a good opportunity for the entrepreneurs listening because there's an organic waste to landfill ban coming uh, already in Cape Town. It's going to be implemented by the end of this year, and in Johannesburg, I estimate about four to five years it will come. And that ban will say that you can't throw food waste in the landfill. And it usually starts with businesses. So it will tell restaurants that you cannot throw your food waste in the landfill. But currently, there's not many solutions available. So if they were to implement it now, there wouldn't be any, they wouldn't, people wouldn't be able to do anything. Yeah. So the last time this happened, it was with garden waste. We, there was a law that came that said we can't throw garden waste in the landfill. Then many businesses opened to Wait, what's, collect what's, that garden what's, waste. Wait, what, what's garden waste? Garden waste is like leaves and uh, ah, okay. grass in the garden. Yeah. Ah, okay. So that was also banned. And then we saw many, many thousands of businesses uh, starting to collect that garden waste and take it to compost sites. So I think the same will happen with, with food waste. So it's a great opportunity um, coming soon. How far is this... Uh, um, this, this ban from being in place? Um, by the end of this year, Cape Town or Western Cape would have uh, implemented it. It would have uh, come into place. And the, it would say that um, there's, there's certain dates that it gives where 50% of the waste can't go to landfill. And then a certain date when 100% can't go. But it depends on the area. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's a great opportunity to get into in Western Cape right now fantastic give us a call 011-714-2006 let's have a listen to another one of your voice notes hi there i just want to know do they have a branch here in kzn um because it's definitely something i find very very interesting where can i get more information on it um i don't know is your business national imka oh we're only in johannesburg at the moment we have received many requests around the country, but it's really difficult to set up a compost operation everywhere. And uh, we're also not that big, so we can't afford it yet. But also, uh, long term, we don't really want to be doing a collection model because I believe in, uh, let's say, 500 years or 1,000 years, 
I don't think we're going to be doing collection models of waste. So I'm trying to align uh, with what I think is the future. And the reason why I think that's the future for organic waste is because organic waste is 80 to 90% water. If you think about a grape, if yeah. when it rots, it's just water. So that means we're actually just trucking around water, which is inefficient. inefficient. So I don't see, you know, the, a future society thinking that that's a, the best model. It may be the best right now, but because of uh, certain circumstances. But uh, we are aligning with technology. We think technology is going to be handling these kinds of problems. So we're not opening opening branches around the country. We're going to focus on the iCompost machine, and that we can uh, courier to anyone in the country, which we are doing. And then that uh, way people can make the compost at home, and then we don't have to do any kind of collection model. Yeah, where do you see the business uh, going? You you, you mentioned um, the the compost machine that you can install in people's homes. Um, you you mentioned the techno- technological advancements, which means that it may not be wise to expand across a national footprint. But where do you want to take the compost kitchen? Well, uh, in the next year or two, we are developing more uh, products or um, with different features because some households require different um, features of the machine and uh, different sizes too. Then after that, we will be in the middle of the organic waste ban, and then we will start to implement or provide these machines for cafes, restaurants, and small businesses, and then develop a you know, further range of products from that. Eventually, we think um, every household is gonna have one of these built into the house so it's like uh, instead of having a trash bin for organic waste, you would just compost it directly in the house. And so we're going to figure out a way of how do we build it into the house without causing any kind of nuisance, you know, no smell, it doesn't attract rats and things like that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's quite interesting uh, that you think the uh, that you imagine the product to be what will drive the business forward because I think so too. I, I definitely heard about this right now and already want one uh, in my home. Um, <laughs> and and you you mentioned that the first two hundred will be delivered now. Why only two hundred? Is that all you could manufacture at this stage? Uh, is it a, is it a pilot stage of 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 that product line? Uh, why only two hundred? Um, we launched a pre-order campaign in December, um, and we just limited it to 200 because the logistics to bring it in were a bit uncertain. So we we just kept it at 200, uh, but the next batch is 430, and um, that's so that would be batch two that's being delivered in September. And um, yeah, it's just to manage manage the expectations. Ah, okay. And you mentioned that it costs what 4,500. Uh, 4,700. 4,700. Okay, let's have a listen to some more voice notes that's come through on the WhatsApp voice note line. Oh, my word. What a lovely topic today on water. And well done to this lady. How wonderful. This is Wendy from KZN. And as far as I'm concerned, water and soil are the things we should be talking about because as a species, and in fact all species need clean water and nutrient-rich soil. And over the centuries, we have destroyed our soils and we've destroyed our water systems by not respecting how they work properly. And now we have the understanding we should actually put this as our number one priority in this country and actually in the world 
and people need to learn about how to be respectful. You can't just throw things down the drain. You shouldn't be using poisons or insecticides or anything because there are millions of little insects that turn the soil. And if you throw anything into the soil or into the water, it kills them. And those are beneficial for the soil. So as far as I'm concerned, we all originate from the soil and we all go back to the soil. And that's my two cents worth. Thank you for a lovely program. Do you, do you see your business still, Hemkar, as fundamentally responding to the water problem that you had initially identified uh, during your time uh, abroad? Absolutely. As long as we are getting organic matter back into the soil, we are achieving that mission. And uh, we know we're doing it because we did some research with WITS where they tested if you put vermicompost in the soil, what effect does it have on its water holding capacity? In other words, how much water can hold? Yeah. And it improved by 30%. And that means you need to irrigate 30% less. And um, that's significant if you, if you scale it around the country. So we're just focusing on, we, don't, we know we just need to get the organic waste in the soil and we're trying everything we can to do that. Yeah, and, and, and that research is fascinating because, um, you know, like you say, it would be significant if you scale it throughout the country. But do you know what volume of water typically would be used for irrigation purposes? Oh, it, it depends on the crop and the area, climate and uh, season. Um, so it's, it's not a, it's, I can't give a number, but uh, I think a 30% improvement or gain in the amount of water you have in the country is significant. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming farmers don't have this problem. Uh, are you working with any farmers? We don't quite work with large farmers. We, we work, with, work with like small community gardens. Uh, they tend to be in peri-open areas where the soil is uh, degraded. And um, we try to show methods of bringing that organic waste back into the soil. We work with other organizations who, who are on the ground with that, but uh, we love doing that kind of work. Too. Yeah. Let's take your calls. Rose Sitole, good morning. Good morning, Oliver. Go ahead, ma'am. How are you? Yes. Uh, the guy is mentioning something very good for women, especially for women, or even for everybody, but mostly for women. You know, we work in kitchens, we work in, you know, what is he has uh, invented? Maybe from Germany, Jordan, wherever he was, it's a good idea and a good machine. As, as we call it, a kitchen machine is very good. Yeah, yeah. We can, I can collect waste within my community around here and do all that stuff. It's, it's, it's empowering at the, at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. That's, that that it's really is. empowering for the community, even for an individual as a woman in the kitchen. Yeah. Thank you so much for your call, Rose. Really appreciate it. Uh, Himka, if, I'm a, if I run a community garden somewhere in Johannesburg and I want to reach out to you, how do I do so? You can visit our website, icompost.co.za, and then you'll be able to get our contact details there. Or, and uh, if there's even a button to click to chat, on, chat with me on WhatsApp, uh, I think that's the best way. Yeah. Um, yeah, otherwise, we have a Facebook group called Composting SA, where we just, it's a community of at least 2,000 people who are interested in composting and they share their experience with compost and we give them tips and they ex exchange ideas with each other. Yeah, 
Yeah. That's a great place. Uh, I would recommend joining that as well if you're interested. Fantastic. Louise, good morning. Hi. Good morning. I just wanted to tell you that Mark Nelson in Cape Town has been doing wormeries for the, at least the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, can you repeat who's that? Section, um, Louise from Cape Town. Yeah, but can you repeat uh, who's been doing that research? For Mount you? Nelson Hotel. Miles Nelson Hotel. Mount Nelson Hotel. Oh, Mount, oh, Mount Nelson Hotel. Yeah. Ah, they've they have been a complete wormery section. Ah, okay. Thank you so much for that. I way ahead of this guy. Okay. Oh, okay. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Really, really do appreciate it. Okay. Um, yeah. That, that brings up an interesting question, uh, Himka. Are there other players in this, in this particular space that you find yourself in? Yes, and uh, vermicomposting has been around for decades. It's, it's actually very, very popular in America. Um, we just, our, our, the unique thing about our model is that we completed, we put together many different aspects to create this uh, one unique circular economy model. Yeah. Uh, there, there were no other household collection businesses that we knew of when we started. Now we're seeing a few more uh, coming up as we're demonstrating the concept. Yeah, um, yeah. And But there have been other compost types. You know, there's other kinds of technologies you can use for composting, uh, depending on your needs. So, no, we're not the only or first compost business in South Africa. Ah, okay. Yeah, just, that's... Um, that's, that's, that's yeah. good to know. Let's have a listen at the final voice note. The conversation about vermicompost is absolutely fascinating. We've been running a worm bin at our house for quite a few years now. And this year, my daughter did a science expo project for her school, where she compared planting a flower in vermicompost, um, another one with compost and another one with fertilizers. And the, the, way, the rate of growth of her vermicompost-based flower was outrageous it was phenomenal it grew twice or three times faster than anything else it's absolutely amazing stuff oh that's so fascinating and encouraging just once again uh himka how can people reach out to you what's that website link again it's icompost.co.za and uh, i see many people already coming on the website i'm getting notifications so thanks so much for visiting <laughs> and that facebook group is composting sa am i correct that's correct uh, Himkar Singh, the CEO of Compost Kitchen. Thank you so much for your time. Really, really do appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. And thank you to you, the listeners, for engaging in what was a fun-filled, robust, um, and a tough show. We had some tough debates and conversations on the show. We had some interesting and important conversations on the show. If you missed any of it, it's podcasted. Just go to sfm.co.za and you can find any of the pod- of the conversations we had today podcasted on the website. Uh, you, and, you can tweet me and continue the conversation with me. It is at Oliver underscore speaking on Twitter, Oliver Dixon on Facebook. Up next is the update at noon with Sakina Kamwendo.